it's good to be in the house of the Lord with you tonight. And uh, I, I sat down. I sat down Monday, I guess it was, or maybe it was Sunday afternoon. I don't remember which. And over the course of the week, last week, I'd had about three thoughts, and I'd created documents and files for them, and and I thought all three of those were going to be what I would talk about tonight. Uh, I, when the first one came, I thought, well, that's yeah, that's that'll be good for next Wednesday night. Then the second one came, and I said, well, that may be good for next Wednesday night. Then the third one came, and uh, so I got all these. So Monday or Sunday evening or Monday morning, I thought, well, let me go ahead and start putting my Bible study together. And when I looked at all three of those, none of them made sense. And I know when that happens, that's not supposed to be what I'm, that's what I'm not supposed to talk about. Um, I remembered the thoughts I had, uh, but they just didn't impress me like they did whenever I'd written them down. And so I thought, oh God, what am I going to do now? Now I've got to start from scratch and and all of a sudden, this thought that I've got tonight popped in my heart. Isaiah 64, 4. This is where I want to take you to start with. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard. Now listen to that. Since the beginning of the world now, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, Neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. And when I read that, I said, that's Wednesday night. That's what I'm going to do. So you know me, and Don and I were talking about it today. I said, I don't like just pulling one scripture out and building a thought around that one scripture. I want to know what's said before it and what's said after it. So if you would, I want to go to Isaiah 64, and I'm going to start back at the first verse, reading it this time from the NIV. It says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. Isn't that awesome? You rend the heavens that the mountains would tremble. That's a great God. And when fire sets twigs, as fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. And I, in, in this world where men think they're so powerful and they have so much that they think that they rule over, they're nothing in the eyes of God. He raises kings up. He puts them down. Verse 3, For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. I don't know what that does to you. That just kind of gets, gets my motor going. And then verse 4, which where we started since ancient times. No one has heard, nor no ear has perceived, no eye has seen 
any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. Isn't that good? You and I serve a God that is very considerate of our will and our desires. Please understand that. He will not force himself on us, uh, but with longing, and that, and, and that word right there, longing, is important, but with longing, he desires that we will inquire of him, follow after him, and attempt our very best, to our very best ability to be like him. While God is very passionate about blessing us, he is also considerate of our will and our wishes, and he allows us the liberty to make our choices. So tonight I want to talk to you about this thought, a God like no other. A God like no other. Now, I'm going to make a deal with you. 716, you get in here and help me. And, uh, and I know it's Wednesday, it's hump day. And uh, I know many of you walk through the door tired. Um, but I want you to help me. I want you to, I, want, I don't want you just hollering amen. I, I want you to cue in on what's being said that the Lord has spoken to my heart and what the Lord is speaking to your heart and say amen to that. But I want you to help me with this tonight because I, I told Donna, this is not really a Bible study. I'm not really revealing anything to you you don't already know. I said, this is more evangelistic in nature uh, or inspirational in nature, I guess you would say. So with that thought, let's, let's dive into a God like no other. We arise in the morning hours and we do our prayer time and our daily devotion. We feel as if we have given the Lord the first fruits of the day. While this is correct to think this way, we must, however, consider what we give Him of the rest of our day or how we represent Him. I think that's important. How do we represent Him? While we're in that prayer time in the early mornings and we feel spiritual and we feel the Spirit moving in us, but do we leave Him in our favorite chair? Or do we take him with us through the day? How many of our daily decisions do we invite the wisdom of the Holy Ghost to be involved in? Stop and think about that for a minute. I mean, because all of us are making decisions one after another every day. Um, now remember, we're talking about a God like no other. He has absolutely no problem, listen to me on this, he has no problem paying attention to all 8 billion of us on this planet at the same time. Now, we, we, we sometimes forget that there are 8 billion of us. And we think sometimes that God has to stop talking to everybody else in order to talk to us. Well, no, that's not the case. Our God is a God like no other. And he can talk to all of us and he can hear all of us at the same time. He knows our needs, he hears our prayers, he feels our pain, he shares our joy, and that's the same for all eight billion of us at the same time. He has a plan for you, he has a plan for me. His thoughts, and he does think about us, the thoughts he thinks about us are very, very clear. There are thoughts of good things and blessings. He thinks of us as his children. 
all eight billion of us. He thinks and feels this way for all of us all the time. I'm talking about a God like no other. With a God like that overseeing us, why would we not want him caring for us? In other words, being involved in every aspect of our life. When was the last time you had a major decision to make and you thought, Lord, is this good for me? You know, it's flattering to the Lord whenever we do consider Him and ask His approval upon what we're doing. Okay? When we built this building back here, uh, I had Uncle Leland's... uh, blessing on it because he knew we needed to build and as we drew the plans he got excited about the plans and and as we found out what it was going to cost us and what it was going to cost us a month he he gave his blessing oh I feel like we can do that that's not a problem I felt good having his okay on that but there was an okay that I needed above his and that was where I began to pray Lord, is this the right time for us to do this? Is this the right time for us to move? Because I'd only been pastor a year at that point. I think we broke ground in 2004. We moved into that building in 2006. It took us that long to, to see it to completion. And I'd only been pastor for a year. A, a, a one-year term pastor does not lead a church into a $2 million building program. That just doesn't happen. So the favor of God had to be upon us in order, and I said us, I didn't say upon me, I said us, because we as a people stayed united together and we saw that thing through. And when we saw it through, we have have always trusted God to make a way even when there seemed to be no way. And I'm not going through the blessing. You've heard me tell them too many times. But when the bottom fell out of the economy in 2008, we never missed a payment. And for that, I give God thanks. He always made a way. When you you include him in a decision, he's going to see it through. Okay? So when was the last time you had a major decision and you said, Lord, is this good for me? You do realize he wants to be included in our daily life. All eight billion of us at the same time, he really wants to be included in our lives. And I don't know, I'm going to say that several times tonight, all eight billion of us, because the Lord kept emphasizing that to me as I put this together. There's eight billion of you there, and I love all of you the same. The heathen to the best Christian there is, he loves us all the same. We're his children, every one of us. When was the last time you asked God whether you should buy the house or, or not, or a car, or even start a business? I mean, you, 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 you felt like this is something you wanted to do, but did you ask him, is this good for me? Have you ever asked him, should I buy this outfit? I know, that's, that's kind of like getting down to... Well, that's, that's a small thing. I mean, what usually governs whether you can buy the outfit or not is whether you can afford it or not. And sometimes that doesn't even keep you from buying it. 
got plastic, we'll travel. You know, I said, uh, I mean, it's important. God wants to be involved in even the small things in our life. He really does. All eight billion of us. He wants to be involved in, the, in those things. It makes no difference as the size of the decision the Lord wants to be involved in it. He, it, it doesn't matter if, it, if we're building a building or whether you're buying clothes at Dillard's or at the thrift store. God, is this what you want me to do? Does this meet with your approval? He wants to partner with us in all things. I'll never forget years ago, Donna and I, uh, well, you know, we got one of those deals in the mail where it says, come and see and we'll give you $100 or a gift card or you win, you win, you win a free gift or I think it was $100 they said they'd give us. Well, at that point in our life, we'd have drove across the state for $100. I mean, it just... <laughs> and there was this outfit up at Toledo Bend, and they were selling um, RV lots. We didn't have an RV. <laughs> so we get up there, and this guy gives us his spiel, and... You know, I, we told him right off, you know, yeah, we want to look at what you got here. We love to lead a bend, but we want you to look what you got. But we're not buying, you know. We, we made, Mom and Daddy went with us and uh, just to see it. And he asked, did we have an RV? No, we don't have an RV. Well, are you planning on buying one? Well, if God blesses us and we can afford it, someday we might. We're 67. We still do not have an RV. So... <clears throat> not saying we couldn't afford one I'm just saying that it's not on our list right now so but anyhow he, he, he puts this sales pitch on us and as he comes to his close and he's pushing a contract across for me to sign because he feels like he's done a, a, a good job I told him I said we're not buying today I don't buy anything until I have prayed about it and I slept on it. I don't make any major decision until I have done those two things. He says, well, if, if you leave here, I'll never see you again. I said, that may be the case. I said, but I can tell you this, I'm not going to buy right now. And he could not understand why I had to sleep on it and why I had to pray about it. We've never bought anything of any major consequence or of major expense that we haven't prayed about it and slept on it. I, I started the, the Yukon that we have out here. I, start, I started to send Michael a picture where she could throw it up on the screen. I'll never forget, it was on a Tuesday. I think it was, yeah, it was Tuesday. We told the kids, I think... I don't remember if Keith met us, but Michael and the kids met Donna Knight Sombreros, and we ate lunch. And on our way there, as we drove past Walker Oldsmobile, the Yukon that we have now was sitting on the lot. And over the top of it, there was a sign flashing at me that said, Buy me, buy me, buy me, buy me. I mean, I knew it was time. I mean, we, we had a good many miles on the truck, and I knew it was time. We were beginning to have to pay for repairs and things like that. So 
we went on sombreros and we ate and we we come back and while we were sitting in sombreros i told donna i said let's go by there and just look at that yukon i mean i've always been a ford guy if gary was in here right now he would he would say i backslid when i went to the gmc but anyway uh but i've always driven fords and so donna said okay yeah it was pretty let's go let's go look at it so we drove up and of course our salesman todd defee comes out and he uh, begins to give you know i told him i said i don't have time i've got to go to the hospital I've got things to do and um we just we just thought we would look at it now it'll probably be thursday before we can even come back tomorrow is church i use wednesdays and i went through my spiel well he gets donna in it <laughs> and she drove it well i said i think i sat in the second row back in he sat in the other in the passenger seat on the front side we drove it she liked it I told him, I said, I'm not buying today. I've, I've got things i got to do. So he said, well, it may not be here if you wait. I said, well, if it's not here, I wasn't supposed to buy it. That's, and that's just the way I feel about things like that. And uh, so anyhow, long story short, Wednesday night after church, after, after I walked out of the office and I walked into, I mean, out of the auditorium and I walked into my office, I looked and I had a message. And when I opened it, it was from Todd DeFee. And there was a picture of the Yukon. He said, still here, but it may not be for very long. So I had told him, we'll be there on Thursday. We prayed about that. What, Lord, what are you, you know, is, is this the right thing? And I'm not going to go through the whole deal, but... This is in a time when people, when they weren't making deals, they didn't have to make deals uh, because vehicles were very slow coming off of the assembly line, couldn't get parts, couldn't get all these different things, and y'all remember that. But when we walked, when we walked out of there on Thursday, we had the keys to this Yukon, and God had worked everything out because we didn't get in a hurry. We asked God for His direction. And we ask God for his favor. You say, well, Brother Bruce, would you have been disappointed if it was gone? I would have been for about five minutes. But then I would have thought it wasn't mine to begin with. God knows what we need. Donna and I live by that philosophy. He knows what we need. Verse 5 says, you come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. Isn't that good? You come to the help of those who gladly do right. I, I hope we fit that category of those that gladly do right. I, I hope all of us do. And we remember his ways. He is there for those of us who not only do right, but gladly do right and remember his ways. Without going through the works of the flesh again, we must see the importance of serving him out of love instead of fear of going to hell. I mean, there's so many that, that base their religion on, on the fact that they don't want to go to hell. And I don't want to go to hell either, but it's not my main reason for living for God. 
somebody made this statement to me and I just loved it whenever whenever they told me they they made the statement they said you know if there was no heaven to look forward to just the blessings that God gives me in this life I would still want to live this life and I love that there's so there are so many of our normal human reactions in ways that are totally contrary to what God wants for us, especially in our free society. Um, and I'm not going to go through all of those things, but we can cop attitudes and in our free society, so many people feel like the world owes them something. Um, every one of us in here are special to him because he bought us with his blood. I want us to, to always remember that. We're not like the unsaved. He, he shed his blood for them in hopes that they would receive it. But you've got to receive that that he did for you. Those of us that have received what he did for us at Calvary are very, very close to his heart. As a protective father, he watches over us, protecting us, shielding us, and he keeps us from danger. You and I have no idea of the things that he keeps us from. You're driving down a two-lane road and all of a sudden you're meeting a vehicle and then you look in your rearview mirror and that vehicle you just met is crossing the yellow line into your lane. And you're thinking, oh goodness, if I would have been milliseconds behind where I am right now, that could have been a head-on collision. We have no idea the things that come. You have no idea when you're in a service like we've had these last couple, two or three Sundays, where the presence of God and the power of God is so strong in the house. There may have been things in your body that was manifesting itself, but you didn't know about it. All you know is you felt the glorious presence of the Lord. You rejoiced and you praised, but yet in your body, God did a healing. You'll never know about it until you're over there. You know what he wants? You know what he wants from us. He wants us to want to be like him. That's what he wants from us. He's a God like no other. He cares for all of us, all, all 8 billion of us at the same time. And he wants us to be like him. He doesn't just want us to be like him. Listen to this, and this is what he gave me. He wants us to want to be like him. It's not enough to just want to be like him or to be like him. He wants us to want to be like him. It, it reminds me of a of a little boy that's watching his father and what are you know the, the father's talking to a group of men and the little boy's standing there beside him and the father's talking and all of a sudden he just he spits you look over and the little boy looks to see what his daddy did and so he spits he wants to be like his daddy he just wants to be like his daddy that's, that's something that's inside of him. He wants to grow up and be like his daddy. That's what the Lord wants from us. He wants us to be, 
to want to be like him. He really is a God like no other. He really desires that we walk like him, talk like him, that we love like him, and live, let me say it like this, like our child in a daycare. If you've ever put your child in a daycare, and you drop them off in the mornings and maybe they cry. But when you come to pick them up in the evening, what you don't realize is their little eyes have been watching that door all day long. And the moment you walk through that door, their little world just changes. And it's as though... And this is the way he wants us to live. He's coming to pick us up. <laughs> he's coming to pick us up. You know, we always he's coming back again. Oh, yes, we all pray. But let, let, me, let me just say it very, very childlike. He's coming to pick us up. I don't know if you want to just say we've been in daycare. <laughs> but my eyes, my eyes may not be on the door, but my eyes are on the eastern sky. I'm, I'm reading his word, and not only am I reading his word, I, I also follow the, some of the things in the news, and it's telling me he's coming to pick us up. It's not going to be long. He's coming to pick us up. I have to say this, and I know I say it a lot. He desires for us to represent him to this present world. If we're to represent him to this present world, how do you want the world to see him? Back when we used to teach a lot of different marriage seminars, you know, I, I, I talked about the fact that the Lord gave us marriage so that we would understand his relationship with the church. And I said, based upon your marriage relationship, how does the church look? <laughs> and a lot of people kind of sit there and like, uh-oh. So if we're to represent him to this present world, how do you want the world to see him? How did you act today? I, I had a little situation that happened this morning. My first impression was to get really upset. But the person I would have been upset with really couldn't have made a difference. And not only that, they would have seen me in a light they had never seen me in. And nothing would have really been accomplished. Oh, I would have mouthed off and maybe for the moment I would have felt better about it. But later I would have felt guilty about it. How do you want the world to see him? So I just smiled and I went on. I'll figure the situation out some other way. Do you want them to see an angry and judgmental God or do you want them to see a loving and merciful God? You know, if you want them to see a loving and a merciful God, then you've got to be loving and you've got to be full of mercy. I think Jesus taught them that, didn't he? Love your enemies. Pray for those that despitefully use you. 
You and me, we are a reflection of who he is to this world. I know that puts a lot of pressure on us, but we are a reflection of Jesus to this world. You can't represent him if you are not like him. Mm, That hurt. You can't represent him if you're not like him. Since he has blessed us so abundantly, he expects more out of us. Let me just let me just tell you how blessed we are, okay? Um, when did we start our financial campaign for this building, for a remodel of this building? Was that back in August? Was that August that we started that? In hand, right now, what you have given. Now, we our goal is three hundred fifty thousand dollars. And there's still a lot of pledges left yet to come in, okay? But in hand right now, sitting in a separate account, totally away from our operating account, totally earmarked for the remodel, you've got, we've got over $200,000 in the bank. You've, that, what, if you're going to do that, do it for yourself and then do it for him because he made it he blessed you so you could and if you haven't if you haven't given then you're missing a blessing that's all, all I can say and now and I'll say this we're somewhere around $50,000 when, I, when we, we bring into account our uh, all of our pledges plus what we have uh, the pledges that are still left to come in rather and what we we've already received we're probably around $50,000 away from our $350,000 so and you know what I, I'm not worried about it at all it'll be here it'll be here whenever the time comes when we when we when we shut the doors on this auditorium after Easter Sunday next year and we get ready to start the remodel, the money will be here. I believe that with all of my heart. He's never let us down yet. Okay. I have no idea where I am. Okay. Since he has blessed us so abundantly, that's what got me into that. Okay. After all his blessings... Is there anything wrong with him expecting more out of us than he does out of the unbeliever? Let me read that again just so you can absorb it. After all his blessings, think about the blessings that he's given you. Is there anything wrong with him expecting more out of us than he does out of the unbeliever? Luke 12, 48 says, For unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required. I'm not talking about rules. I don't, I don't serve him because of rules. Mm, not at all. He wants servitude out of love. In other words, he desires that we serve him because we want to and because we love him so much. Just like a loving father, he smiles on us when we walk like him, when we talk like him, Love what he loves, desires what he desires. The Lord gets excited about all of that. It thrills him when our goal is to please him and to be like him. 
not to abide by rules, but our actions and lifestyles are lived to truly please him. You say, well, Brother Bruce, the rules are not important. No, it's just it's, it, the fact is, is when we really choose to love him and please him, rules become unimportant because you will automatically do what pleases him. The Lord has so much available to us that our minds cannot conceive it. That's what our text said. Isaiah 64, 4 says, For since the beginning of the world men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, besides thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. That was in Isaiah 64. It was easy. And, and, I, and I'll bring up 2 Corinthians uh, 2, 9 here in just a minute, which is where Paul was echoing this, this particular passage. But in Isaiah 64... We take, we take 2 Corinthians 2.9 and, and we talk, think about it like what he's going to prepare. But you've got to look at it from this perspective here in Isaiah 64.4. He's talking about blessings. He's talking about the good things that he will do. Read the book of Psalms. Read the things that David began to praise the Lord for and the things that God had done. I was talking to Brother Morton Buster today, and and he shared the, he shared with me. And I won't tell you where or, or or who. I won't call any other names other than his. But he was preaching somewhere between the East Coast and the West Coast, <laughs> between the North boundaries and the South boundary of the United States. He was preaching, and he said when it come time to minister, he noticed a woman, and the way she walked up to him, he could she was favoring her arm one of her arms and he said he just simply took her by the hand and he, he prayed for her didn't think anything else about it two days later he gets a call from the pastor the woman's arm grew two inches not only did it grow two inches but now she can lift it up without having to take the other hand and lift it up <laughs> no, that's the kind of God that we serve. He's a God like no other God. There's no other God that can do what He can do. There, there is more for you and I in our relationship with the Lord than any of us can imagine if we will only do those things that nurture a relationship. That's all we got to do is just nurture the relationship. Just like you nurture the relationship in your marriage. Or with your friends or however you, you nurture that relationship. First of all, you, you, you love him because he first loved us. That's scripture. You love him because he first loved us. Also things such as trusting him with everything, including him in everything. Have you really trusted him with everything? Have you, have, have you looked at him and said, all that I have is yours? I don't own anything. I don't own anything. My name's on the mortgage. Have no fear about that. But it's not mine. It's hers. I'm, no, no, not really. It's, <laughs> it's not hers either. 
I just had to say that. You were getting too quiet. I had to make sure you were still awake. It's, it's not ours. The, that Yukon out there is not ours. It's, it's a blessing from him. He's the one that made it possible. That's, that's the way I look at, at the facilities that we have here. Thank you for giving, but it's not ours. It's His. He's the one that blessed you with what you gave that is allowing us to have what we have around here. What we do, people are, there's people from all over central Louisiana that are going to show up here Saturday and they're going to look at our facilities and many of them are going to say, oh, how nice. You know what? To God be the glory. It's not about us. We, this is a God, we serve a God like no other. So many people look and say, how can you out in the middle of nowhere do this? I don't know. We serve a God like no other. Total obedience to his word, that nurtures that relationship. And that's just strong right there. Total obedience to his word. And I'm not going to delve off into that. A strong, overwhelming desire to spend time with Him. I can't start my day without my scripture of the day and beginning to pray. And I'm going to tell you, every day I enter into your gates with thanksgiving. And I go through a litany of things that I'm thanking Him for that day. And every day it's something totally different. Then I go on to say, and into your courts with praise, for he is the only thing worthy of praise. And I begin to praise him for whatever comes to my mind. And then the next thing that comes out of my mouth is I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I pray for the peace of all of Israel. I pray for a revelation of the name of Jesus Christ throughout all of the Middle East. You say, well, Brother Bruce, not, your prayer's not having a whole lot of results right now. No, there's just some things in this book that says these things must come to pass. But I'm praying that there will be a great harvest and a great outpouring of, of Holy Ghost in the Middle East and many are going to be saved and many's li many lives are going to be changed. Have we're to have to, to nurture that relationship. We're to have a sincere desire to develop the fruit of the Spirit in our lives so that we can be like Him, walk like Him, talk like Him. Have you ever looked at the fruit of the Spirit and, and compared it to Jesus' personality? The fruit of the Spirit describes Jesus. Love, peace, joy, you know, go right on down the line. When we emulate our Father, we realize there is something so vitally important about loving my neighbor as myself, putting others first, living with a humble heart, being long-suffering and having patience with others. That's what he does. So out of our love for him, that's what we should gladly do. Oh, I'm so glad that he's been long-suffering with me. I, I, I'm so glad that he has loved me and been patient with me. If we're not careful, we will fall into the trap of serving God through rules, 
That's not what he desires. He desires us to want to be like him. If you are a parent and it just thrills you to death whenever you raise your hand that your kids cower down, you're sick and you got a problem. Okay? That's not love. That's, that's fear and intimidation. He doesn't, put, he doesn't do us that way. Prophet Samuel wrote to us these words, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. You can live by the rules all you want to. You can create a rule-laden religion if you want to. But Samuel is writing to us saying, the Lord delights in a heart that's just his instead of burnt offerings and sacrifices. He will give us the desire of our hearts if our hearts desire to be like him. After all, he did make the first move. He died for us. Now, it's 7.53, and I'm done pretty much. So at least the for, for my first close, I would like to present to you, would you stand with me? And why don't you, while you're standing, why don't you just slip on down the front? We're, I really like ending Wednesday night this way. Um, because to talk about a topic like this, so I just, it just means. But Paul wrote to us, as you're coming down, Paul wrote to us in 1 Corinthians 2.9. And I'm going to remind you before... I read 1 Corinthians 2.9. I'm going to read for you Isaiah 64.4 again. And you understand what, what Isaiah is saying. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, neither have I seen. In other words, what, he, what he's saying, no one from the beginning of the world has been able to do what you've been able to do. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. This is what the Apostle Paul was quoting whenever he said in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Paul was saying, Corinthian church and churches to come. If you will simply make him Lord and love him with all your heart, it will stagger you as to what he will do on your behalf and how he will bless you. I mean that. I mean that. Every one of you, if you will just stop, stop the, the, the mad cycle that life has put you in and just stop for a little while and just live for him because you love him and devote yourself to him and put away everything that, that seems to pull you away from him and you're going to be surprised what he will do for you. 
Remember, I'm talking about a God like no other. I, um, I, I, I've, I hesitate to do this because I didn't ask permission. Sister Kathy, can I just tell a little bit about y'all's, y'all's journey, you and Jean, from our time when we... Jean and I work, and Kathy, we all work for Jordans, stationers and printers. When you work for the other man, you work for an hourly, pay, pay, uh, hourly salary. Gene was service manager of the copier division. I was in the copier division in sales for a while. Then I was operations manager for Executone, for the Executone division. We were simply hourly people. That's what, what we basically were. Don't work 60 cents an hour. <laughs> I, just, I wasn't going to go that far, Kathy, but okay. <laughs> Well, no, that's true. That's true. And she knows about how we as salesmen, we're, how we were paid. Here's the thing. There came a day when Gene had to walk away. And he had to leave Jordan's. He talked to Uncle Leland. He and Uncle Leland agreed together. They prayed together for the blessings of God. They didn't fail because they left everything in God's hands. There was more out there that said you will fail than you will succeed because there were a lot of big companies already in Alexandria that were well-established and there was no reason for Gene Barber to become one of the top-selling copier companies in central Louisiana. But it wasn't because Gene was so clever. Now, y'all know Gene. Gene just loved people and loved to talk politics. Well, Gene just loved to talk. But God blessed the efforts because as God blessed them, they blessed the kingdom. There will be people from Africa that will be in heaven that will look at Gene and Kathy and say, I am here because of the copier you donated to the missionary. Now, you say, well, Brother Bruce, why are you highlighting that? Well, give, this word also says give honor to whom honor is due. Okay? And there are tons of missionaries out there that never paid a dime for some of the equipment that they've got. When their equipment broke down, Gene put it on the airplane or FedExed or whatever he had to do to get it to wherever it had to go. And many times he did it at his own expense and did not charge for the part. Am I right, Kathy? If we bless the Lord and devote ourselves you, it will stagger you what the Lord will do for you you cannot imagine where God will take you from where you are you can't even dream that big it's just an impossibility remember tonight I'm talking about a God like no other <laughs>